Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are back. It is me and Zach Hubbard, and we have three commitments to talk about for Carolina. All three of them coming in the last four days, so the Tar Heels have been extremely busy. And we also have to preview two extremely important commitments that will come on Friday afternoon. So uh, one of the busiest weeks of the 2023 recruiting class uh, for the Tar Heels, and it comes this week. And uh, you know, first, uh, Zach, I, I think you know we we've kind of been waiting for this this moment to happen for Carolina. You know, we heard you know Mac Brown said that May and June were going to be extremely important, and he has been right about that. And this week, especially, you've started to see it pay off for Carolina. But really, just the whole month of June. That's now six commitments in the month of June. So really just, you know, what, what is, you know, overall, how do you feel about this 2023 class? Because I, I feel like there are still some people that are a little bit concerned about the fact that Carolina hasn't landed any of the quote unquote big fish. But I, I think at this point, you know, it, it, you still have to feel pretty confident and, and it's kind of just a wait and see with some of those other big name guys that Carolina probably feels pretty solid about where they stand. Yeah, absolutely. If you think, uh, if, if I had to think of a word to describe this time, I think exciting is a word that I would use uh, just for this time for uh, UNC recruiting and for college football recruiting in general. I mean, if you if you keep up with various recruiting sites, whether it be 247 Rivals on 3 or, or just look on social media, you know, you see guys committing to schools all over the nation, coast to coast every day. So it, it's a really, really busy time of year. And that's probably going to be the standard moving forward. But for, you know, North Carolina specifically, I, I think that they've gotten through sort of this period or this large period of official visits. They've gotten most of the guys that they're really serious about recruiting. 
recruiting in the 2023 class on campus. And, you know, for a lot of guys, they're just making their decisions. And uh, Mac Brown and his staff, whether it be at North Carolina or elsewhere, you know, they're not looking to wait around and sort of deliberate once they know that they, you know, want a guy and he has a committable offer. They really don't give out offers that aren't committable. So, you know, if there's a guy that's ready to come to North Carolina, the staff is generally ready to take them. So I think that's what you're seeing is that a lot of these guys have gotten through visits, know where they want to go. And, and the choice is the Tar Heels and, and the staff is, you know, very happy to go ahead and take their commitment at this time. And I think we're going to continue to see that here within the next few days and weeks leading into July. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Um, you know, I think that you're starting to see at some of these positions, and and, and one of them we'll talk about here, uh, the edge rusher position, where guys, even if they aren't maybe the top recruits at that position, it's just can you get to those positions before some of the other guys that Carolina has on their board that are sort of weighing things out right now. And as you mentioned, you know, this is a pretty crazy time overall um, throughout all of college football. I mean, we are seeing a multitude of guys um, that are committing right now. Uh, a lot of them have gone gone ahead and taken the majority of their official visits. Really, this is more than any other season that I can remember where you see every single major target that Carolina has, has pretty much taken their official visits. Now, what that's going to do is, and one of the reasons why I think Carolina is kind of stressing the fact that they want to get some guys committed now is they want to know where they stand heading into the season or at least once this dead period is over and uh, you know this dead period will last until about the uh, you know it's the later part of July and when they come out of it they'll already be into camp so even during that time it's usually pretty difficult to get guys on campus you know guys are also preparing for their senior years of high school you've got uh, high school football season and starting up. So really you then wait until you get into um, you know the, the the start of the season before you start having guys on campus officially. There will be a few that will visit for what Carolina calls the cookout. That's the one weekend in July that is free. So that'll be another big weekend. But really, you know, these next couple of weeks, you're going to kind of find out what Carolina will have uh, as, as really the backbone of the class. And then from there, to kind of build around it. And look, they got three guys here in the last four days that might not be guys that you would look at and say are headliners to the class, but are really some pretty solid uh, you know, contributors that that could be, uh, you know, some under the radar guys when you talk about this class just in general. And the first guy, I think, it, it really fit. He really fits that mantra pretty well. And that's Trey Miller out of uh, Deer Creek High School in Edmond, Oklahoma. He committed on Sunday night. Now this one's a this one's a guy that I don't think really anybody knew a whole lot about. This was one that kind of popped up. As a late offer, um, I, I don't know if there was a an extensive relationship there with him and Dre Bly that just kind of took time to become public. But uh, you know, he ends up getting on campus over the weekend and apparently really loved what he saw. Now, th- there was the quote that he had with Inside Carolina. 
he told them that this this was pretty much a commitment trip. He knew coming here that he was going to commit. Um, but Carolina did everything they could to make sure that that was the case, and they end up landing his commitment. You know, when you look at Trey Miller, uh, you know, this is an interesting one, Zach, because, you know, I, I've, I've read, you know, a lot of quotes about him where people say, look, he, he's not the tallest guy, but he plays a lot bigger than he actually is. And I think this is a guy that even at 5'10", you know, we were talking about he was probably going to be somebody that would have to play nickel. But the more I read about him, this is a guy that I think some people believe could be able to factor in on the outside for Carolina just because of how he plays the cornerback position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all pretty much there, as as you mentioned. You have to sort of attack the elephant in the room first. That's his height listed at 5'9", 5'10". You know, he's not prototypical size for what you're looking at in an outside corner. But like you mentioned, you throw on that tape, uh, and despite his height, he's a guy that knows how to... Uh, play a receiver very well. He's very good at well at uh, tracking with a wide receiver and then playing the ball in the air. I think he does a really good job at that. Um, I, I think he does have good length in his arms, if not the height necessarily, and he's really good at jumping up and interfering with passes. So I think he does do what he does what he can to, to make up for that height differential. Uh, of course, as you mentioned, you know, nickel will always be an option, you know, maybe the deep safety where you're not having to necessarily match up one-on-one as often. But I do think, like you mentioned, you know, just with his ability that he has and the knowledge that he has, you know, to go one-on-one with a, a wide receiver on the edge outside corner is not out of the realm of possibility and you know at the college level you you always want to get guys that have sort of those ideal measurables if you can but you know there is a role in the college game for just guys that are hard workers that are guys that you know know the game of football and are going to go out and work hard and um you know, you really establish themselves, even if they're not this, um, you know, this day one NFL draft prospect. So I, I think it's a great pickup. It's another great defensive back recruit for uh, Dre Bly that we've seen, you know, contribute time after time over the past few years, not only in his uh, home area, the Tidewater area of Virginia, but just with defensive backs overall. Uh, at, at this point, I, I think if, if it hasn't been established already, he's got a good eye for, you know, these guys and for developing them. So it's a good pickup overall. And, and it shows that the, the reach of this recruiting staff is extending beyond sort of their, you know, traditional background of North Carolina in the Tidewater and then leaking into, um, you know, Florida and Georgia and South Carolina every now and again. It, it, it's really a situation where they're they're starting to, you know, comb through guys at a national level and use those contacts to allow North Carolina to really get the best possible prospects they can uh, to make up for deficiencies in their home territories. 
Yeah, well, and, and you know, he comes from the state of Alabama. He's, he's transferring to uh, Deer Creek High School um, in Oklahoma for this year. That was after he flirted with the idea of transferring. Actually, I think did officially transfer at one time to IMG Academy. Uh, but he played at Hoover High School in Alabama, was extremely successful there. That's a team that plays at the highest level in, in the 7A classification. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that... I, I is another one of these guys, especially in the defensive backfield, that Carolina was able to move in on quickly and make a, a pretty quick impression on out of the state of Alabama. Remember, they did it last year uh, with a guy whose team beat uh, whose team beat Miller's uh, in the state playoffs in Connor Harrell. Uh, so th- this is a state Alabama is starting to become one of those states that. I think Carolina is starting to prioritize a little bit more. I mean, look, there's some a, a few more guys that Carolina has offered in this class. Kobe Keenum was a guy who was on campus this past weekend as well that Carolina has been looking at. And if you re- even remember back, Carolina, you know, and it was early on in this cycle, really during the middle of last season or even towards the end of last season, really before everything sort of started to set in uh, the reality of the season that Carolina had. Remember that Carolina was in a pretty good spot out of the gate for uh, A.J. Harris, a a five-star cornerback out of the state. They were in the running for Tony Mitchell, a five-star defensive back, a guy that can play either safety or corner out of the state, and a five-star defensive lineman from that state in Tamari and Parker. now look, who knows if any of those would have ultimately worked out if Carolina goes, you know, let's say nine and three in the regular season or even ten and two. But at the same time, to see Carolina going into that state pretty regularly, I think that's starting to show that that's one that the staff is starting to value. And that was before they even got Charlton Warren and Gene Chizik. You know, both of those guys probably will have even more influence into trying to push into that state and a couple of the other Gulf Coast states, considering that, you know, with Charlton Warren, he's a guy that's recruited in that area for a while. Gene Chizik, of course, is recruited recruited there. He was the head coach of Auburn and won him a national championship. So I think that is one of the states to really start to keep an eye on. Not that it's going to become a a state like Virginia um, or Georgia, where Carolina is going to hand out a a majority of offers um, to some of the top players in the state. But I think you're going to see every every year, you're going to see two, three guys that Carolina is going to kind of strategically, you know, garner after in that state. And it really worked out this time. The thing I like the best about Miller is he's a really good man-to-man cover corner. And that's the type of guy that I think Carolina has been looking for with Ray Bly. You know, I, I know that there was, you know, some more zone principles when Gene Chizik was here the last time, but I think that they are looking for guys that can really just handle themselves in one-on-one coverage, and and they had that the first time around with Gene Chizik, if you remember, you know, with Des Lawrence, with Malik Simmons, and of course in the nickel spot with MJ Stewart, so I think that this is the kind of guy that fits that. He's a great open field tackler, so that's something that could definitely help if they play him on the 
outside. Um, and really, uh, you know, that physicality pays off, you know, both uh, when, you know, he's going one-on-one against a guy or whenever he is helping in the run game. And Carolina needs to get more physical. We've heard Gene Chizik say that. He wants to play with better pad level and better physicality. That was were the two things that he was focused on the most when we heard from him uh, just a little over a week ago now. So uh, that that he fits that element of what Carolina wants, not to mention the dude can fly. He ran a 4-4-8 in the 40 prior to his junior season at a Mississippi State prospect camp. So he plays with a lot of speed, and I think that can kind of help to make up for his size. So we'll see. I, I think that's one of those guys that is going to come in very similar to the next guy that we're going to talk about here, where I think he's going to come in. His position may not be known initially as to where exactly he's going to play, but I think Carolina definitely will be able to figure that one out pretty quickly because there is a lot of talent here. You move to the second guy that Carolina got, and that one was on Tuesday, and that's Zach Toby, a guy that we've talked about a lot here, uh, Zach, over you know the past few months. You know, he's kind of been you know toggling back and forth with Carolina and Central Florida as his top schools. But on Tuesday, before his originally scheduled commitment date. He was scheduled to commit on July 7th. He went ahead and got it out of the way. He commits to Carolina. And look, this is a guy that, you know, we've talked about top 500 is usually a guy that we consider blue chip prospects. Trey Miller, who we just talked about, isn't even in there. Um, But this is a guy, you know, he's ranked uh, 856th overall in the class, the number 66 safety. But you know, when I turned on the film with him, I watched a guy that is extremely versatile, and someone that I think probably should be ranked a little higher, especially for how well he played in the top classification of the state of Florida. You know, what did you think when you turned on his film? And, and ultimately, you know, what position do you think he ends up at, at if, if you had to guess? Yeah, I think as we've looked at with defense back prospects over the past few years, um, versatility is is largely the name of the game, and I think that Zachary Tope or Toby sort of fits that mold. Um, if, if I had to place him at one today, it probably might be you know a free safety. He's he's got good length, listed at six one one seventy five. You know, probably will add some weight to be up near the one ninety five two hundred range at the college level, uh, but he plays all over the field. You know, at his high school there in Florida, he does play sort of close to the line of scrimmage as a, you know, as a nickel guy. will play a little bit outside corner, but also plays the deep part of the field. And that's where I think that his skills really shine. Uh, similar to uh, Trey Miller, I think he's got good ball skills. That's sort of what I look at. You know, when I look at him and how he plays, he's a guy that's going to get into passing lanes and just interfere with the ball, you know, if it's thrown deep. Uh, to get those INTs and look for opportunities to, you know, take it back for, for scores or good field position. Um, so I think, you know, uh, alongside Trey Miller with uh, Toby, you see a guy that is looking for opportunities to score with a football in his hand as a defender. I think that's somewhat, um, you know, the stated identity, and that, that's been hit or miss so far uh, with um you know, quarterback coach Dre Bly, but that's sort of the mentality that was brought in 
you know, when he came in as the quarterback's coach is, you know, we're, we're looking to get the football and, and affect the game from the defensive perspective, not only defend passes and defend the football, uh, but to use it to our advantage. So I, I think when you, you look at Toby, you see a guy that allows you to do that, uh, but more specifically, probably from the, uh, the safety position. Yeah. I, you know, when I looked at him, I saw, first of all, you see a lot of him at corner, especially this past year as a junior, um, and and has some similar attributes here to what we saw from Trey Miller. Uh, physical guy, looks good in man coverage on the outside, track and field guy, so he has the speed and quickness uh, you know, that can really help him at either position. I think this one's going to be interesting. I think this will be one very similar to the recruitment recruitment that we saw last year of Marcus Allen where you know there will be kind of some debating back and forth every time you watch him on film you might see something a little bit different that you like that you didn't see the last time that would you know maybe push you towards him playing another position the thing is is that you love the versatility of a guy like this and and especially for this Carolina secondary because as we've told you guys multiple times and as you know if you are somebody that watches Tar Heel football religiously over the last I would say five years, you know, five to seven years, maybe even. Carolina's had so much trouble keeping defensive backs on the field throughout the season. They've had guys that get banged up. I mean, look, even in the preseason this year, you know, back in the spring, Carolina had some guys that are that that were banged up and still are banged up. Uh, there's going to be, you know, some guys that will probably have to play out of position again to start fall camp, especially if you know guys like Jaquarius Conley aren't out there. So you want these versatile guys that can sort of fit all over the place just in case you need them. And this is also a thing that you're seeing a lot more um, with guys that are coming out of the high school level, that they can play really either spot because, you know, this is uh, – the defensive backfield, I think, is the one spot where you're starting to see it become more and more like what you see from your offensive line where guys can play multiple positions. You're looking really for your best four or five. We heard Gene Chizik say that. Actually, in uh, his press conference, I think it was at the end of spring camp, he said that, where he said, look, we're just trying to find our best combination of five guys out there. And you're starting to see more and more of that of guys that play a lot of different positions. So having this position versatility, I think, is huge. I think the thing for him is is that you know with with Toby, I, he he has some decent high school experience. He's not a guy that has a ton of production at the high school level, but at the same time, he did play at the highest level of high school ball in the state of Florida. So he is pretty battle tested, um, in terms of the level of competition that he plays. I, I think that this is a guy that's probably a little bit of a work in progress in terms of finding you know nailing down where exactly he fits in the defensive backfield. That's one of the big reasons it's probably going to take him some time to play but this is without a doubt just you know you can see it from watching his film because he has multiple clips of it on there with the speed his ability to tackle in the open field uh, I think he's a guy that will 
very quickly establish himself as a special teams guy. And that can go a long way for some of these guys towards sort of setting the standard for them when they come in and getting themselves into, uh, you know, that competition. And, and look, if he's at safety, I think he's going to have a heck of a chance to contribute there because Carolina is looking for consistent safety play. If he's a corner, especially if you don't see Tony Grimes or Storm Duck leave, it could be a little bit longer of a wait, but I, I definitely think, uh, you know, that the position versatility is something that people will like a lot about him. We move on finally to the guy that committed today, and that is Tyler Thompson. He's an in-state guy. Only the second commitment for Carolina from the state of North Carolina. I had a couple of people that pointed this out to me the other day and said they were a little shocked that Carolina had just one commitment at the time from the state of North Carolina. Well, this could be the start of a possible run on players from the state of North Carolina for the Tar Heels. But they get the three-star edge guy out of Panther Creek High School in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, Number 659 overall. So a guy that's just outside of that top 500. but The number 54 edge rusher in the class. The number 21 player in the state of North Carolina. And a guy that I think Carolina prioritized because he was in state. Now the most interesting thing about him is, look, he just visited this past weekend. Well, heading into that visit, and if you guys remember on the last edition of the podcast, when we previewed you know, the upcoming weekend, we told you we didn't know if this was a guy that would make it to campus because everything that was coming out following his visit to Michigan was that this guy was pretty much a lock to commit to the Wolverines. Well, Carolina pretty much went all in, and apparently it worked out very well for them as they end up switching his commitment over, you know, switching his mind basically in the direction of Carolina. And now just, you know, less than a week later from when Michigan was seen as the heavy favorite, Carolina has now landed his commitment. You know, this is a a guy that, you know, the first thing that you're going to notice about him just from looking at his profile, watching him on tape, is he is a guy that is going to have to put on a ton of weight. He is 6'5", 205 pounds. Uh, That is extremely thin, especially for an edge rusher uh, in this system where, you know, we we saw with Dez Evans, Carolina, you know, had to get him up to that 250, uh, even into the 260-ish range to to get to where they wanted him to play at. So, a lot of work to potentially be done here weight-wise, Zach, but when you turn on the film of uh, of this guy, uh, what, what do you see in him and what does he bring to the table? Yeah, I think when you turn on the film for Tyler Thompson, you see a guy that is probably more of a developmental but very high upside prospect. Currently listed about six five to six six in you know that two five two ten range. The, the main thing you see, and it's evident on tape, is that he is going to have to gain weight, you know, to play either uh, the you know edge jack linebacker position. Uh, if that's what you know they want him to play or that sort of power and that we've seen he is going to have to gain weight probably at least 30 to 40 pounds uh to be you know at, at a weight that that is consistent with him playing you know either one of those positions um but you do see that frame that's going to be able to add weight there you see the length that's really the main thing it's not only the height but the length he's tall with long arms those are just things that you can't teach and, th- and that's really what he's using at the high school level right now to be successful it is just 
out athletic guys. Now he is going to have to learn, you know, things like hand placement, uh, a different pass rush moves, things like that. But uh, it's clear that he, you know, is a guy that is putting forth really good effort in that film and is, you know, using that effort alongside his natural God-given gifts to win at the line of scrimmage. So I I think when you look at him as an edge prospect or as a defensive end prospect, you know, you're looking at a guy that's, you know, not expected to come in and compete for a starting job day one, uh, but a guy that as a sophomore or junior, even a senior, could be a really, really polished and athletic prospect on the edge. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of look at him as a guy that's very similar to another prospect that Carolina beat out Michigan for in the last class. He, he's an undersized Bo Atkinson. He does some very similar things to him, plays with a high motor. Um, you know, the one thing that I like about him is you would think just from his size and, and, and the fact that he is a lighter and longer guy, he would be a guy that has to win with speed on the edge. He's got some good speed, don't get me wrong, and he does win some of his reps like that, but he's a guy that likes to get physical. He played inside a little bit this past year at Panther Creek High School, Um, and look, you know, he plays in the 4A classification in in the state of North Carolina, so it's not a guy that's playing at a lower level and just dominating smaller guards and things like that. He he plays with the level of physicality that I think will translate very well um, to whenever, you know, he is able to add that weight. Um, you know, again, yeah, you're right. I think figuring out where exactly they're going to play him is going to be a big part of determining how much weight they're going to need him to put on. He's not a guy that dropped back into coverage really at all um, on film. I, I didn't see a single rep of him dropping back into coverage. It's him pretty much just pinning his ears back and going after the quarterback. And I think that Jack linebacker spot is a guy that is sort of going to drop into coverage at times. We, we, you know, I think Noah Taylor is the guy that kind of fits that position the best. And that's the position that he's going to play this year. Um, But with Tyler Thompson, I I definitely think that there is, there's a skill set to like there um, that I, I think, as you said, really, you know, isn't, teachable some of the things that he has and and I I like just the overall combination of him as a pass rusher because of the speed because of the physicality but also because of the ability you know the swim moves that he uses and and he uses some finesse to get into the backfield and when you see a guy that just keeps doing it over and over again especially at the level that he did it you're talking about a guy that last year finished with 75 total tackles as a defensive end and 39 of them were tackles for loss. He had 22 sacks a year ago. So again, you know, some of those numbers are usually going to be inflated at the high school level. But even still, that is extremely impressive. It's a guy that just has some talent there. And I think this is, you know, a pretty solid pickup for Carolina. The biggest concern for me is the weight because that's a long way to go, especially if they're wanting him at that rush end position. 
And what this pretty much does is, you know, there, there were some rumors the other day from Don Callahan of Inside Carolina that um, Tyler Thompson, you know, heading into his commitment, uh, you know, was going to choose Carolina. And that that pretty much took Josh Mickens, uh, a guy that we talked about a lot here on this podcast as, as an edge target for Carolina, comes out of the state of Indiana. Uh, he, of course, visited Carolina earlier on this summer and is a guy that is you know ranked inside of the top 200 prospects in the country that takes him pretty much off the board for Carolina and this was a guy that had crystal ball predictions to Carolina really seemed like he was on the verge of potentially committing to Carolina following his official visit you know, I think the question that people are going to have, Zach, is, is this the right move to take Tyler Thompson over Joshua Mickens? Or really, I think more the question is, is, is this the right move to take Tyler Thompson and now basically take Joshua Mickens off the board? Yeah, I think that it is, uh, at, at some level, it is a calculated risk uh, just based on, at the very least, the rankings. I mean, you have one guy that's, you know, in the top 150s in terms of his rankings and another that is, you know, more around the, um, you know, 650, 660 range, at least per the 24-7 composite. But rankings are around everything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think either guy was a guy that they were looking to come in and start day one and I think there is to some extent a you know you know sort of the calculus of if we view both guys both these guys as roughly equal you know we just tell we communicate to both of them you know whoever wants it first can come and get it I I don't think that Joshua Mickens was necessarily done with taking visits uh probably what was being courted you know, by, by multiple schools a little bit more than Tyler Thompson. I think once he took that official visit during this last weekend, he knew that Carolina was going to be the selection for him. So I, I think it was just a situation where they, they sort of weighed their odds. and they, they went with the guy that's ready to commit right now. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, um, Matt Brown and this staff, but more specifically Matt Brown, just as a recruiting philosophy is going to prioritize guys that want to be part of the program really as, as soon as they know. And, and they're going to prioritize getting guys, you know, ha- committed and handled, you know, promptly. They're, they're not going to wait around. They're not going to sort of weigh their options. They want to get the guys that want to be here and that are ready to commit, you know, if they're ready to take their commitment so you know as of right now it looks like joshua mickens is probably going to commit to lsu and brian kelly and that's that's certainly fine you know the target got the guy that they wanted in tyler thompson and could joshua mickens turn out to be better than tyler thompson down the road in two to three years maybe you know but these are the calculated risks that you're taking with recruiting there there's no such thing as a sure bet in terms of a commitment there's no such thing as a sure bet in terms of a prospect so there is there is risk baked in to every decision that you're making in recruiting and i feel like the targets just made the decision that they're most comfortable with at this time yeah i i think you're right i think it's a guy that probably they they weighed on their board as 
very similar, if not exactly similar type of skill sets. Uh, Mickens is probably a guy that's a little bit quicker off the edge, but you know Thompson's a guy that maybe they see plays with a little bit more physicality. Maybe they like the motor a little bit better. But I think ultimately one of the big factors here is the fact that this is a guy that comes from the state of North Carolina and Mickens is not. And, and look, Carolina has a few offers from the state of Indiana, and it looks like pretty much all those guys are going to go elsewhere. But I think that they prioritized the in-state guy. They prioritized the guy that told them probably on the official visit that, look, I want to, uh, you know, commit as soon as possible. And I feel like that's probably, you know, that's something that this staff, as you mentioned, you know, really values. They value those guys that want to buy in, um, that aren't really questioning whether or not it's the right decision. I mean, look, I definitely think it's very, it's, it's interesting that today you see that Joshua Mickens ends up setting his, uh, his decision for this week. Weekend, you wonder if Tyler Thompson hadn't committed this weekend. Let's say he waits another week. You know, does Mickens actually go ahead and commit, or is this something now where you know he he was trying to wait it out? He was potentially going to weigh some of the other options. Um, I know that some people had rumored that Michigan could be getting into the running for him. Um, you know, who, who really knows? So I think Carolina wanted to go with a guy that felt more secure uh, in making his commitment right now. And yeah, it's one that you could look back on and say, man, that's that's one where Carolina probably should have taken Mickens over Thompson. But at this point, you know, the fact that you got to this point, I mean, Mickens, you know, he was a guy that took his official visit much earlier um, and, and had kind of just been waiting around. So I think Carolina just kind of got a little bit tired of that and, you know, wanted to find a guy that, uh, you know, they could they could bring in. I mean, he, he, he was amongst that first group that came on campus back on May 20th. So you're talking about now well over a month since Carolina had him on campus. I think Carolina wanted to get – a guy like Tyler Thompson locked up, and now they're focused on some of their other targets at the position in the class. Remember that they've still got Jabron Harvey, uh, the four-star uh, out of Durham, who we're going to talk about here in just a minute, who's going to commit on Friday. And then you've got Rico Walker, another guy that, you know, it, the, the situation around him is extremely weird because it feels like Carolina's in a really good spot, but it seems like people that are really close to the situation are sort of hesitant to name Carolina as, uh, you know, the, the team firmly in the driver's seat to project Carolina to eventually be the team, even though he just got a crystal ball prediction from Steve Wilfong. Some of those ones closer to the situation seem to be saying that this one isn't a done deal just yet. So maybe that's another thing that Carolina wanted to do is get a guy like Tyler Thompson in here and really now be able to turn their sights on a guy like Rico Walker to try to get him to commit. That's a guy, you know, Mickens is a guy that, in my mind, I kind of wondered if he would be someone that you just bring in because he's uh, uh, that good of a prospect that you just find room for him. But Rico Walker is definitely that guy. He fits that more physical. There, there's no doubt he's he's a guy that brings the physicality. So I think maybe that's part of what uh, they were looking at with that. But we'll have to see moving forward. Everything, as you said, is a calculated 
added risk with recruiting. And, uh, you know, at, at this point, I think it's you just have to trust this staff with the success that they have had on the recruiting trail. Hopefully we're going to start seeing that transition over uh, onto the field, um, you know, with, with some of the development. I, I, I think you have to trust this staff that they're making the right decisions on these guys. So we're going to take a quick break, come right back after these messages. And when we do, I told you a little bit about J. Bron Harvey. He's got a commitment coming up on Friday. We're going to take a look at him as well as Christian Hamilton, the four-star in-state wide receiver. And uh, we'll tell you how we feel about Carolina's chances to land both of those commitments when we come back here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Maybe you want to bet on your favorite baseball team. I know I feel pretty confident about my New York Mets this season. I can go and bet on this upcoming series that the Mets have this weekend against the Texas Rangers. Maybe I want to bet the over-under for the games. Their offense isn't playing great, but I feel confident that they'll bounce back. Maybe I want to bet on Pete Alonso and pick how many home runs I think he'll hit in the series. You can do all that at DraftKings Sportsbook. Best of all, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey guys, welcome back into the Heels Up Blog Podcast. Anthony Pegnata, Zach Hubbard here with you. Guys, we've talked about the three guys that have committed to Carolina so far. And as I said earlier, these are not guys that are maybe necessarily going to be headliner type prospects to a class. Well, the next two guys that we're going to talk about and two guys that are going to commit here on Friday afternoon at some point are considered headliner prospects. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it starts Jabron Harvey, the four-star edge rusher out of Southern Durham High School in Durham, North Carolina. You're talking about a guy that's ranked inside of the top 200 overall at 188. He's the number 25 edge rusher in this class and the number six player from the state of North Carolina. This is a guy that Carolina jumped in on here uh, you know, earlier on this year and has really been pushing hard for, especially with him being right down the road. This would be a huge one for Carolina and it looks like it's the Tar Heels and the South Carolina Gamecocks that have been battling it out here down the stretch. The Tar Heels did host him for an official visit here uh, earlier on this month, back on June 3rd. Uh, But this was a guy that Carolina knew was going to run the gamut on his official visits, and now he is set to make his decision. So, you know, this this is one, Zach, that I, I think, you know, has slowly creeped up 
the board in terms of priorities for people that, uh, you know, are either fans of Carolina or really just people that cover Carolina as well. You know, the more that you watch J. Bron Harvey, the more you see a guy that is, you know, that high end pass rusher that Carolina is kind of looking for in this class. How do you feel going into this commitment about Carolina's chances to come out with uh, another edge rusher to add to this class and, and pair alongside the guy that we just talked about in Tyler Thompson? Yeah, I feel pretty good about where Carolina stands currently with Jay Brown Harvey. Amongst the two guys we uh, are going to discuss, I will say that I feel a, a little bit less confident about Harvey just because he's had you know those visits to South Carolina and to Oklahoma. But this is a guy that North Carolina has been involved with for quite a while. He's visited campus multiple times. He's had good, good visits each time. So, you know, I look at J. Brown Harvey as a guy that um, North Carolina just has that famil- familiarity with that is going to give them the slight edge here. I'm not overlooking, you know, any of the other schools by any means, but I, I think that. You know, edge rusher is a position that North Carolina has been looking to add multiple guys to in the 2023 class. And I think that J. Brown Harvey is a guy that it's going to be one of those additions alongside the one we saw today in Tyler Thompson. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's a guy that I I kind of came into the weekend, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, questionable on, um, and I still, you know, am, am somewhat questionable. Um, look, Carolina picked up a crystal ball for him over the weekend, but that is now no longer there. So they, Steve Wolfong has backed off of that crystal ball prediction. I find that I find that interesting for sure, but I will say this: I still feel pretty confident about where Carolina stands because we just we haven't heard as much around him following his official visit with South Carolina as we heard before he got into the official visit window with Oklahoma. That was a team that kind of jumped in late. I think that. You never really know how exactly they prioritize him, um, but I still think that that's you know it's a big enough name where they they probably could consider him there. Still, he hasn't taken taken a lot of visits there. Um, I think the familiarity factor, as you said, is is going to be the difference here. Um, I, yeah, I think going in, you're probably a little bit more nervous about this one uh, than Christian Hamilton, who we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but man. This this would be a, a, a great guy to sort of pair uh, with Tyler Thompson. He's a guy that probably fits a little bit of a similar mold at 6'3", 215, a guy that's really going to be more of a, you know, a speed rusher off the edge, a guy that has just, I mean, just absolutely tore it up. At, at his high school this past year. He had 35 tackles for loss and 28 sacks this past year. So he is an absolute monster. A stats, uh, a stat sheets, uh, sh- stats, I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> he's a guy that's going to give you production. There's, there's no doubt about that. And that's what Carolina needs. They need these consistent forces that can get after the quarterback. That's kind of what he provides. So I feel, you know, rather confident going in. Uh, you know, this I, I would feel a little bit more confident if there were a few more crystal balls on the table, especially at this point. But that's probably a guy that you're going to see a few roll in here over the next day or so. If not, 
then I think you probably get a little more concern considering the fact that he is a guy that is rated as highly as he is. The more intel that you have on these guys, the better. And, and usually with these top-ranked prospects, you have that. So the longer it takes to get some of these crystal ball prospects in, that's when you should start getting a little bit nervous. Meanwhile, when you talk about Christian Hamilton, there was you know some talk that Texas A&M could still be making a push for him. It looks like pretty much that is, you know, that that pushes all but over. Carolina got that last, you know, that that last swing in there uh, on, you know, th- this past weekend, June 24th through the 26th, and it looks like Carolina has pretty much locked up that commitment. You know, Zach going into this one now up to three crystal ball predictions for him on 24/7 Sports uh, in in Carolina's favor. All of them rather confident uh, as well with their predictions. It looks like this is one that, barring whatever happens with J. Bron Harvey, Carolina will have at least one commitment uh, from these two guys that are set to announce on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you look at Christian Hamilton, he's been a prime wide receiver target you know, really through the whole process of this 2023 class. And in a class that is looking to take you know, a, a solid number of wide receivers, probably you know two to three, if not four, or higher wide receivers. So he's been one of the key guys there, you know, one of the highest rated guys in the state of North Carolina. Uh, as I've mentioned in previous shows, he's a guy that to me, I, I think he's very versatile in what he does. Really, you know, the first thing that uh, is pointed out in his game is his speed, is his agility. And, and when you look at where the college game has gone overall and sort of the, you know, the, the makeup of guys that are getting uh, taken in the first round of the NFL draft over the past few years, guys at Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, these are, you know, wide receivers that are anywhere between, you know, 5'11 to 6'1, and they can play both inside and out. They've got great speed, they're great at separation, and they're great at shaking defenders. And I think that's sort of what you see stylistically in the game of Hamilton. I, I think that he's a guy that you know, North Carolina can do a lot of stuff with him, you know, in their offense, as we've spoken about numerous times, when you look at, you know, sort of the ethos of the uh, Phil Longo offense, it's about speed in space, looking for grass. So I, I think the key is sort of the quintessential mold of a guy that fits modern offenses, that fit North Carolina's offense. And I think he's really going to be, you know, sort of a crown gem for this offensive class for North Carolina in 2023. Yeah, you're right. I think he fits that that moniker of what Phil Longo laid out there when he came in at, at Carolina. A guy that just finds grass. A guy that finds a way to get it open and he can do some things with the football after he catches it. Look, Carolina's got those other guys that they're targeting. Christian Hamilton is not that guy that they're targeting to bring in and be that red zone threat. Be that guy um, you know, that can go up and get the football. Um, that's that's not really his game. I mean, he's he's shown that he can 
win some of those 50-50 balls if they throw them up to him. But he's a guy that's going to thrive most in space. He's going to thrive because he can sort of create separation uh, through you know technical route running. Um, and, and he's a guy that's going to make plays with his speed, as you were saying, and, and after the catch. So I think Carolina definitely, you know, they valued this guy for a long time. This is probably one of their longest standing offers in the class. I think he was either second or third right behind Tad Hudson um, and maybe one other guy in this class in terms of when they received their offers. So they've been talking to him now for well over two years. You've got, of course, the connection uh, to his high school coach, a former Tar Heel offensive lineman in Jupiter Wilson. So this is a guy that Carolina has prioritized for a while. Look, Texas A&M was a team that you know came in and, and got him on campus a few times. I think they made an impression but I don't think they prioritized him the way that Carolina did in this class. This is a guy that I think, you know, when you look at some of the other guys, you would look and say, well, the guys that Carolina is prioritizing the most is Rico Walker. They've had him on campus a ton of times, and we've, we've, we've seen a lot of that. We've also, you know, they, they definitely are prioritizing Jamal Jarrett because, you know, we've seen him take multiple visits. We've seen him talking a lot on social media about Carolina. Christian Hamilton's just one of those guys that is not – but you know, someone who's very vocal through social media in terms of his recruitment. But care, don't don't get it wrong. Carolina has been on him heavy for a while now. They've been getting him on campus as much as they can. So I think that that constant reassurance, that familiarity, uh, that you know, and 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 just the staff kind of telling him, look, you are one of our main targets in this class, has sort of helped to fend off. Uh, you know, a team like Texas A&M, a team like Clemson, a team like Notre Dame, who he was scheduled to take an official visit to prior to his official visit to Carolina um, in the previous weekend and ended up backing off of it. So I think that is really what Carolina did well in this recruitment. And I think going in, this one feels like a pretty safe bet. But ultimately, you know, we're, we're both saying that we think that Carolina will, in the end, land both commitments. And that means that Carolina would go from, you know, there, as I said, there were some people that were saying it really shocks me that Carolina has just one commitment from the state of North Carolina in this class. Well, this is the thing about how they recruit the state of North Carolina is that, first of all, they're recruiting the big names in the state. So it is going to take these guys a little bit more time to decide. But once you start seeing some of these guys commit, a lot of these other guys start rolling in for Carolina. So I would expect to see some of these other guys. I mean, we've got Jamal Jarrett's commitment that is upcoming. We know that that is on the table. Um, I would expect that Chris Culver is going to be deciding here sometime soon as well. I believe he may have a date set. Um, I'm just not remembering it at this time. So yeah, Carolina's got some things that are working in their favor, and you're going to start to see the momentum pick up in the state, and that... You know, will also sort of pay off in some of these rankings because look, Carolina's still sort of in that 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 high 40s, low 30s range in terms of their overall class. Um, I saw, you know, there was a, a guy today that was talking to me and saying, look, I'm I'm kind of concerned about just the you know overall structure of this class, the fact that we're not going to be landing a bunch of uh, big name guys. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that if you're looking for that that five-star prospect like we've seen with Tony Grimes 
and Zach Rice in consecutive classes. You're not going to find that guy. Travis Shaw as well. That guy's not going to be in there. But I think you're going to find some guys that are still going to be high-end four-stars. I think there will be probably four or five of those guys at least committed to this class. Um, and you'll also see some guys that this staff just really likes. That you know maybe there are some different values on than the previous staff because you've got a guy in Gene Chizik and a guy on the defense in the defense backfield in Charlton Warren who feel like they are better developers uh, than the previous group that was here. So I don't think there's any room for concern with this class. I think Carolina is still in a pretty good spot. We're going to have you covered with all of this stuff over on the website, HeeltopBlog.com. We have had you covered with everything that has been going on on the recruiting side of things. And boy, has it been crazy over the past couple of weeks. We have the commitment articles from all three of the guys that we just talked about. Make sure you guys go back and take a look at those. I'm going to actually put those back out in one uh, post tonight so that if you guys missed any of it, you can go back and check it out. Um, Trey Miller, uh, we got the in-depth breakdown for you on him as well as uh, Zach Toby and then Tyler Thompson from today. And then we will have commitment previews going up for Christian Hamilton and uh, as well for Jabron Harvey. So make sure you guys check those out. We'll go a little more in-depth. I'll go a little more in-depth um, as we get a little bit closer to those commitments as well and tell you you know, where I, I, I think some of these uh, recruiting experts, how they're leaning and, and, and what I think ultimately ends up happening in both of those. Um, and then we'll break down both of those commitments as well for you guys. In terms of on-the-field stuff, we do have a podcast edition that is coming up. It is going to be recorded uh, tomorrow, we're also, uh, you know, we also got the article currently up on the website right now about the ACC moving to the new format starting in 2023, where Carolina will, uh, you know, play three uh, primary opponents and will be switching back and forth between, um, you know, teams for uh, the other five opponents. Uh, actually, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, so we explain that to you in uh, that article on the website website there. Divisions are scrapped, so Carolina no longer will be a part of the ACC Coastal um, after 17 years of division. So that means that uh, everybody is going to be on the same playing field. Does that make it easier for Carolina to make it into uh, an ACC championship game? Does it make it more difficult? We're going to talk about all that stuff coming up on that next edition of the podcast. So you don't want to miss that or the article on the website. Um, and then, of course, uh, we do encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so you can check out that next edition of the podcast. Go back and check out some of the other editions of the podcast that we've had so far. And we are going to try to dabble into some more interviews here. Uh, it's been a little bit crazy with everything that's been going on on the recruiting side of things, but we are going to try to mix in you know, both the magazine preview guys that we normally have on. Phil Steele will be back on this year, Brett Ciencia, as well as some former Tar Heels as well. Uh, we've done a couple of those guys so far this off season. You guys can go back and check out uh, Ike Oglesby, who we had on. We had Charlie Williams, the former wide receiver coach for the Tar Heels that was on with us as well. Um, so make sure you go, you guys go back and check out those editions of the podcast. And the best way to do that is to be subscribed to them wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you check out the Facebook page as well. That's where everything is at, one central location. The articles, the podcast, the video editions of the podcast, when those do eventually return. All that stuff is in one spot for you guys. 
And you can also check out all that stuff on the Heel Tough blog Twitter page at Heel Tough blog uh, for the main page. And then if you want to check out our personal pages, it's at HTB Anthony for me, at, a, uh, at Hack Zubbard 2 for Zach, and uh, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe. So that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Zach for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for listening and as always. Always go Tar Heels.